1: morning grinders welcome back to the weekend grind podcast brought to you by rotor grinders we're back baby weekend grind crew i'm josh sir as always with my co-host the man goat mr chalk Travis Mangone we're back from Nashville man back into the swing of things here on the east coast uh Travis how are you doing today man
2: good good yeah just ex- uh, excited to be back uh not officially in the swing of things again because the uh you know uh, holidays and all but uh, I'm kind of excited to get back to some uh normal <laughs> you know some normalness again in life
1: yeah yeah how was your Thanksgiving man did you enjoy your uh turkey day
2: yeah, it was good. It wasn't bad. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of getting sick of the turkey, though, man. Uh, it's, it's okay. I'm not the biggest turkey fan, but all around, all all around, it was a fun uh, fun day. Uh, football was okay. Didn't go uh, as planned. It was it wasn't a terrible day, but uh, not the best. So just ready to move on from it and uh, kind of get back to some normalness. Like I said, uh, with Nashville, and then uh, you know, going with uh, you know the holidays and family in town. Just just kind of want to get back to a more uh, you know, daily schedule.
1: Man, I, I I gotta say, I kept my streak alive. I've cashed every year uh, for the last five years on Thanksgiving, and and I kept it alive with Stafford too. Man, I still absolutely smashed with Stafford in my lineup, so things really worked out well for me. That's like my favorite part of Thanksgiving now. Like since I discovered DFS, man, playing DFS on Thanksgiving is one of my favorite parts of the day. Like, obviously, like spending time with family, eating good food coming from a nice New York Italian family. All the food's always great. And we ate until we couldn't even walk anymore. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I just, uh, definitely enjoyed the DFS. And I'm happy I did well. So that was great. But, uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, now we should kind of just get back into the normalcy of things. It was really cool hanging out in Nashville, man. Um, Unfortunately, you got stuck in the middle into a sandwich of me and Tip and Pick, man. Like two two absolute giants, man, six foot five, six foot six. We got Travis in the middle. Everyone's like, How short is Travis? He's not that short, guys. It's just that uh Tip and Pick and I are super tall. So uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a
2: good time out in Nashville. I had a lot of fun with you and everyone else out there, but uh yeah, you guys are you guys are way too tall. I mean there's too many of you guys that are out there that are just uh really, really tall. I mean, big T, you, uh, you know beers fan you guys are all just giants
1: yeah it was fun we walked over to jeremy because they had the draft live final and we were going to get shirts so like me big t uh beer makers fan uh and um and uh who am i uh, oh and Tippin and pit we were all like walking over right and uh me and big t like hey we got big man problems you got you, what's the biggest size you got and of course jeremy had the 3x for us so we were very thankful for that draft did an excellent job uh, hosting their live final their first live final officially as a company so that was really cool to be a part of that definitely enjoyed that definitely check out draft if you haven't already it's a new uh cool different way to, to do you know to play dfs you get kind of a snake draft feel out of it and it's uh, in a daily fantasy format definitely very cool um But yeah, it it just it's it's kind of weird for me, man. Trying to get back in the swing. Talk about getting the back of the swing of things. Forget jet lag, man. I had uh, I had car lag. I drove my way to Nashville and back like a maniac. Uh, Minus EV move, right, Travis?
2: Yes, that's what I told you. Minus EV move, you definitely have to fly, man. Uh Next year, make sure to fly. Uh, fly uh, dude, I, like My one friend has a role like, over, like, four hours, you got to fly I me. Mean, I think it's a little ridiculous, but I'm, I'm sort of in agreement, man. Uh, 14 hours is too much. You got to be flying for that one, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Yo, no, you're not wrong, dude. I definitely felt, like, the feeling of it afterwards. Uh, but one thing that was really cool at the event that I don't know if happened to you as much, but... Lots of people are coming over to me and just telling me what a great job we do here on the show, and they listen every day. A few fans that, you know, wanted to take a couple of pictures with me, which was really cool. Uh, You know, it's always awesome to hear good feedback and know that you guys are listening and really enjoying what we're doing, because Travis and I put a lot of work into these for you guys and and all the work that we do, all the content work we do. So it's always good to be appreciated. Uh, I'm sure, Travis, I'm sure you got some compliments at the party, too, for the show, right?
2: Yeah, definitely got some, and was uh, you know happy to hear that, and just uh, you know excited to keep delivering some more uh, more weekend grind for everyone.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, speaking of which, you know, hearing feedback and, and love what you guys like, suggest things for the show, or tell us what you like. What you know, even if you don't like something, that's cool too. Let us know. We're always open to to you know adjusting things. We want you guys to really enjoy this experience. We know that on the weekend for you guys, when you wake up and listen to this, this is uh your first stop to getting into your DFS research session. So we want to make this as interesting enjoyable as possible for you so go ahead give us both a follow on twitter if you haven't already it's the best way to get in touch with us you can follow me at real joshua giant you can follow travis at travis mangone that's at travis m-a-n-g-o-n-e feel free to shoot over any comments questions suggestions whatever you guys want to talk about we're there and we love interacting with you guys but let's do what we came here to do man we came here to break down the 10 game nba slate for you on saturday november 25th and uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get you guys prepped. Uh, Travis, you ready to hop into these games?
2: Yeah, man. Let's get started.
1: Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, the first game on the slate, uh, I'm in Philadelphia right now. I'm going to be courtside for the Magic and Sixers game tomorrow. So this game, super excited for. And that's the first game we're going to cover. We've got Orlando uh, at the 76ers. As I mentioned, the over-under currently at 220, Uh Four-point spread in favor of Philadelphia at home, home favorite, uh, pushing up to five on some sides here for the spread. So we'll just say five-point favorite for Philadelphia, 220 is the over-under. Big news and notes from this game is that Ben Simmons will be out for, uh, you know, day-to-day for now, but he's out for this game for sure with an elbow injury, which kind of opens up usage other places. Uh, Travis, where are we looking at the, uh, in this game here?
2: Yeah. So uh, yeah, Ben Simmons will not be playing. So it's like, uh, you know, Joel Embiid like instantly becomes the guy, right? Like uh, all that usage goes to him. He's seeing a ton. I know he's expensive, but he's got to pay for on the slate. Uh, he's just seeing massive. Usual, I believe it's like uh, 38% or something like that. And like averaging, I think like 1.66 points per minute. Don't quote me on it, but somewhere around there. I mean, just an insane amount of usage he's going to see uh, for 9,800 gonna many exposure to him. And then, you know, there's just a, a ton of value all around, like, you know, even like a guy like Covington, he'll get a little bit of a bump, but just in this type of game environment fits him very well, right? The uh, up and down, like, tempo of the game, it, j- it just fits him perfectly. Uh, you know, you get the fifth uh, fifth and sixth fastest-paced teams in the league, 220 total. I mean, it's just the perfect spot for Covington, uh, you know, to have a ton of upside here. So I like that in tournaments a lot. TJ McConnell's just going to be, like, a screaming value, I feel like on this slate now for $4,000. I think you have to get some exposure to him for sure. A guy like J.D. Reddick too with a little bit of revenge. You know, the team who drafted him out of the be getting uh getting up some shots the only thing i worry about with him is without a guy like simmons you know a really good ball handler who gets him open for some uh, easy jumpers that might ha- uh might have him struggle a little bit so uh, he's not a guy that i'm in love with but there's you know there's other guys that i'm more more fans of like mb and mcconnell uh one last guy that i, I think is interesting obviously you know with uh, simmons out uh, they're gonna slide. Uh, and Dario Sarge. He'll get a decent usage bump out of there too. And uh, you know, he'll probably see uh, more minutes than he has been. He's been seen in like the mid-20s most of the year, it's sometimes creeping into the 30s. I feel like he'll get into the 30s this game, though. So he's someone to have consideration in too. Also, one last guy, uh, he actually averages 1.24 fantasy points per minute in like 60 minutes of time with no Simmons uh on you know on the court when using uh, the rotor on his court IQ. It's Amir Johnson, which is like really strange to think again, he's not a guy that I would have like thought that or think of that. Oh, I'd play with him with with Simmons out, but uh, he's someone I think you uh, have to consider and just kind of like see what happens with, you know, when news going up, uh, leading up to lineup block, he might be in consideration, but again, he's not a guy that I'm uh, super in love with. It's more uh, the other guys I was discussing before, like McConnell and Embiid, who I just think are really, really uh, interesting plays uh, on the Sixer side.
1: Yeah. Embiid for sure is the guy does get a nice usage bump, 35.1%. Circumstantial usage rate with a 1.73 fantasy point per minute according to the Rotor Grinders court IQ when you get the circumstances right over there. So that's definitely huge. Uh, and Orlando, man, ranked 26 in the league at overall rebounding. There's going to be plenty of boards for Embiid. He should put on an absolute clinic. Love him on DraftKings, too, just because they award that double-double bonus. So you get the extra points for that. Covington is the next best guy for me. 22.6% circumstantial usage rate, 1.11 fantasy point per minute is there. But yeah, you you mentioned uh, Amir Johnson, and that stuck out to me too. Granted, this the sample size for these uh, for the situational uh, changes here in usage and fantasy point per minute. It's kind of limited at forty eight point nine minutes, but still, it sounds like you know looking at this, what it tells me is that they're they're gonna try to compensate the front court a bit because of the you know the lacking in that backcourt with Simmons gone but Simmons is one of those like hybrid guys that could kind of just play the middle three positions so uh, I think that there's just going to be more usage to go around for everyone Amir Johnson might be a part of that I like him as a tournament flyer as well so it uh, sounds like we're pretty much on the same guys here you know emphasizing Embiid
2: and Covington and uh, McConnell for value am I right about that with you? Yeah, I think those three are the main guys. And then, like uh, obviously Sarge too. I want to sprinkle him in there too. I think he's a guy that you can get exposure to as well. Uh, we talked about the Magic side of the ball real quick. So that's like a you know a really interesting situation. It's guys that uh, you know the Magic were uh, were eight and four to start the year, and now they're on a seven game losing streak. They're just really struggling. Uh, when they, it was funny, they were they were playing better when they didn't have Elfrid Payton. Now with him back, I mean they've uh, you know they're just kind of like all all jumbled and messed up. They don't know what they're doing, and their price tags were expensive, and now they're not. So. Uh, I think we can get exposure to them, but it's one thing I worry about here. Like uh, Vucevic, he's a guy who's historically killed the Sixers, kind of a team that traded him away and like quit on him early. But now this is Joel Embiid. Like, this is a guy I'm absolutely scared of now. Like, right? I don't want to be loading up on a guy like Vucevic against Embiid. So, uh, a little concern hit there for 6,700. I get it. Uh, Elford Payton, right? We want him in fast pacing. He's fine, but he's just, uh, oh man, he's so unpredictable and it's so frustrating. So, kind of going to stay away. I think Aaron Gordon could fit this well though with no Ben Simmons, you know, just the up and down pace of the game, I think, for seven 000, He'd be my favorite magic player. And then Evan Fournier, you look at that price tag, you're like, oh oh, sixty one hundred, that looks great for him. But uh Sixers are, are the best team in the league at defending three pointers. so I'm you know, that's where Evan Fournier's value really is from the three point line. So I'm gonna stay away from a lot, you know, a lot of these magic guys, they just seem like really uncertain. And you know, you know, you want to play guys from this 220 total. Uh, It's just kind of frustrating where to kind of uh, attack here. So for me, it's Aaron Gordon and then uh, the rest of them, maybe sprinkle them in and out, but I'm not like loving a ton of these guys. I wish I was, but it's kind of tough.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, I agree with you. Like some of the price tags just seem trappy. And I think that on a 10 game slate, we don't really have to chase too much. Uh, Just to put it simply for you, like I'm not considering any of these magic guys in any of my cash games. If I was going to sprinkle anyone into tournaments from the magic might be Vucevic or like Fournier at that low price tag, but um, just not going to go crazy. And Gordon, like you said, fits kind of the game script pretty well to where he might be a nice, like, uh, you know, pivot off on this game towards, you know, just to get some Orlando uh, exposure. Maybe Gordon is the guy to go. But outside of those three guys, I mean, and, and that's just like literally, like, if I was making. Ten lineups, maybe I'd have one that sprinkled those guys in at best, so uh but just you know just to keep it you know keep it short and sweet i i will be targeting Philly in this game, probably not Orlando. How about you
2: yeah, I think that that I think that's a fine approach you can take too, so uh yeah nothing else on this game what's the next game on the slate Josh all right, let's look at the Portland Trail Blazers in Washington against the
1: wizards current over under is two o six uh five and a half point spread in favor Washington wizards are the home favorites on this slate uh this is going to be an interesting point guard matchup to watch man we get to see Lillard versus Wall if Wall plays I know that he was questionable earlier in the day I'm not sure if any new news broke since then doesn't look like it has but if we get to see a Wall versus Lillard showdown this should be interesting to watch uh Travis give me your take on this game here
2: yeah, so that's like what I typically would think, Josh. Like, I was like, oh, you know, if this was last year, like, we'd be all in on this matchup. Uh, but I don't know. The more and more I've, like, looked into it, I kind of think this is a game where I'm staying away unless John Wall does it. Like, Uh, both these teams, like, you know, they're not like super fast paced teams, like, you know, defensive wise, like, like the, like the Pacers, the, not the Pacers, you know, the Blazers are really good this year. Uh, defensively, they're one of the better defensive efficiency teams in the league. They're right number two in the league. It's just not like the most appealing game when you look at like a lot of the uh, numbers. So it's only a 205 total. Uh, Blazers are already under you know, Blazers are like five point underdogs. There's already like a lot of guards on this slate that I think I'm gonna be like paying down for. So I don't know. It's like, and even there's even a guard at the same price range as Lillard and wall too, that I have more interest in. So for me, I'm just really staying away from guys like Lillard and wall. Uh, if wall sits right, I'm going to have interest in uh, Tim Frazier. He'll get a little revenge and against his, uh, you know, former buddies in Portland who kind of uh, helped him out in his career. So he, he's, he's like playing against them in the past. So I, I would assume he'd uh, kind of get up for this one, uh, playing against those guys. Cause he's a uh, good friends with, On top of that, just like, you know, Brad Badly bealed in and like out porter. They would get nice bumps if Wall was out on uh, usage, and you know, I'd probably have uh, exposure to them. But, you know, if Wall plays, I'm really not that interested in this game. Again, if this was like last year, I probably would be. But like, uh, Trailblazers are really, really a lot, really a lot different this year, uh, than in the past. And they also just don't have that many appealing options, uh, besides Lillard and McCollum. Like, Nurkic is really up and down. Uh, Aminu's out right now. We know the Wizards really struggle against small forwards, but the problem I have with that is which small forward am I playing? I mean, it's just kind of a disaster. <laughs> like, it's, it, the small forward position is just really frustrating in portland so uh for me i think if wall plays i'm staying away from this game and then if not like i think it's fine uh if wall doesn't play them you know get exposure to some of these guys for value uh they're getting the usage bump and you know i won't talk anyone out of playing willard like i get it Lillard, you know is a guy that can go off on any slate right but uh i'm not super interested in this game actually
1: yeah I, when i saw the 206 over under i thought maybe i was like seeing it wrong Because you expect Portland to be terrible at defense. You expect Washington to be pace up with lots of offense and possessions. But when you look into the stats this year, both these teams have have drastically improved defensively, and they've drastically improved on really having those efficient possessions where they don't turn the ball over as much, and they also don't uh, give up as many points per game anymore. So, like you said, last season this would be a game we'd probably jump all over and even suggest a game stack perhaps. But I feel like on this slate – uh, right here with ten games. This is a game I, I kind of have very little interest in unless John Wall sits. Um, so that's probably where I stand too. I mean, maybe you could take a shot on like Evan Turner for value, just because Washington is so bad against small forwards. But this is a guy who put up 16 DraftKings points in 34 minutes last game. So you can't really try. You can't really trust any of these guys um, to make matters worse. So for me, it's a pass on this game. If if Wall is out, then we gotta have a conversation about the value that opens up or the bumps that happen, you know, like Beal would get a huge bump, but for now, uh, I think it's safe to say that we could kind of just avoid paying up from guys in this game on such a big slate. Uh, Would you agree with that take?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think that's a fair way to fair way to assess the game.
1: All right, cool. So anything else you want to mention about this game before we move on to the next one? Uh, Let's go on to the next one. All right. Another down pace game, San Antonio Spurs in Charlotte against the Hornets Hornets. Uh, absolutely played their hearts out last night, man. With put two Jeremy Lamb had a huge game. Um, you know, MKG showed up. Marvin Williams showed up. These guys played big against, uh, against Cleveland. So we've got a matchup now against the Spurs. What a tough, you know, going from the, <laughs> going from the Cavs, playing the Cavs, now you're playing the Spurs. Uh, just, you know, interesting here for these guys. Uh, kind of like a step up spot for them. And, um, Uh, It's actually supposed to be a close game. While the over-under is low at 203, uh, it's a a one-and-a-half point spread. And Charlotte's actually a favorite in this game over the Spurs. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see how this game pans out. We're going to look here at the injury report real quick to see if there's any updates. Uh, Batum, uh, no news on Batum. Um, And, yeah, so we're going to have to see how this game plays right now um, in this situation, especially with the Spurs still struggling without Tony Parker and Cobby Leonard. and um, We'll see where this game goes. But Travis, what do you think about this game? This game just kind of, for me, feels like a stay away, too
2: yeah so like typically i would think that like first look but uh i don't know the price tags are really appealing on these hornets guys on DraftKings, specifically on Fandle, I'd stay away but like uh dwayne howard 6700 a guy who's averaging 35 fantasy points a game this year for 6700 i mean that's kind of appealing jeremy lamb with if there's no nick Batum for only 5400 i mean that's got some interest for me uh you know kevin walker's just a guy you know at home you know he's got the home road splits everyone loves to talk about and just uh you know with no Batum, uh you know obviously it's not the greatest matchup but he could obviously have a, have a good game uh but he's only like 7600 or so i think there's interest you can have on the Hornets instead of ball. mainly it's like lamb and howard just because they're underpriced even my kid gokers too right like four thousand dollars like we could easily see him go for a 30 point fantasy game uh with patum out there i mean that's you know if he's not playing that's just going to give him uh you know more secure minutes and uh, i get it right my, my kid gokers is not a guy we love the roster but it's only four thousand dollars playing like 36 minutes possibly. I mean, it's just intriguing. Uh, again, you know, they're getting the Spurs discount, the slowest-paced team in the league. I get it. It's not the most appealing game all around, but I think there's reason to have interest in the Hornets specifically on DraftKings. Talking about the Spurs side of the ball, I think the guy to really like is Kyle Anderson. Uh, he's just still cheap around the industry, and I think uh, going, you know, big up pace game against the, the Hornets, who are the ninth-paced team in the league, I think there's reason to have interest in a guy like Kyle Anderson. And LaMarcus Aldridge, he's fine, right? He's uh, still cheaper, too, uh, than he has been recently recently and he's got a big usage and he's the guy when Leonard's out but uh you know not a guy I'm trying to go crazy with yeah not the great game I love the most but where I, I see guys underpriced, uh I don't hate kind of uh, attacking that because of the value that we have here
1: yeah and this is actually a rematch and the last time that the Hornets played against the Spurs this season without Batum Batum was out for that game Jeremy Lamb put up 52 DraftKings points 52.8 almost 53 so just something to keep in mind if, if Batum is out Lamb is definitely a great play um, it just, it just feels like a good spot for Lamb if Batuma's out. He just, you know, gets all that usage, gets him up. Now, Dwight Howard was a guy I looked at as well initially, but then was a little discouraged when I looked at the rebounding numbers. I mean, he did okay, 38 DraftKings points in 31 minutes in the last matchup, um, but they're six best in the league at overall rebounding. They just, they do a good job. At protecting the rim, the Spurs. So I'll probably stay away from Howard even at the, the press price tag. For me, like you said, MKG has that huge upside, that small price tag. But for me, it's going to be Lamb and MKG. And that's about it uh, from this game. And I'm not really interested in the Spurs side of the ball. How about you, Travis?
2: Yeah, I mean, Lamb's my favorite guy right now. And then, like, I think there's reasons to pick and choose some guys here and there, but not, nothing I'm getting crazy over. Yeah. All
1: right. And, you know, anything else you want to mention from this game? No, that's it. All right, we'll move on to the next game. We got the Raptors in Atlanta against the Hawks. Uh, let's look at the over under here. Uh, 211 is the over under. Toronto is a seven point road favorite in this game. Um, Travis, Travis, where are we looking at this one, man?
2: Yeah. So not the, uh, you know, not the, not the, not my favorite game all around. Like I'm never like down the roster Toronto guys. They're a team. I'm just not a fan of really rostering a ton. Uh, but it's Atlanta, right? One of the worst teams in the league, just a team we want to get exposure against. And we get a guy like DeMar DeRozan who, uh, you know, the the Hawks are the worst team in the league at defending shooting guards. And DeMar DeRozan is that guy that I hate rostering. He's really frustrating. Just feels like he only, all he does is score points and doesn't really get a ton of peripherals, but 8,200, I get it. It's an expensive price tag, but his recent games 32.5 58 41.5 and 48.75 uh not you know he's, showed, he's shown some upside you know he's the time you want to play him is when he's hot and when he's uh you know shooting a ton of shots a game against atlanta i think this is the spot where i might get exposure to uh demar DeRose in here i just think it's an interesting way way to go kyle Lowry, he's 7700 Uh, Coming off a game where he had 52 fantasy points against the Knicks. Again, I think he's fine, but uh, I think I'd rather play on this slate. Talking about some of these other guys, like, you know, Serge Ibaka, He's only 4,900. Hawks are not good against the uh, big men. I think he's a fine option that has upside, but I don't know if I'm going to go crazy over him here on this slate. Again, the Raptors are kind of a frustrating roster all around, so I think I'm just going to keep it simple and stick to just DeMar DeRozan as the main guy I look at on the Hawks side of the ball. I mean, there's guys that like right? John Collins since he's been starting. I mean, he's been putting up massive games, 39.5, 35.25 in his last two games since he's starting. He's only 5,200. I mean, this is a guy I think you got to be an exposure to. He's an elite play in your cash games tournaments you gotta I think he's a guy you have to uh have to like today he struggled a little bit he had i think 22 it was against the knicks so uh that was obviously a performance he struggled in but uh you know for 5200 uh he didn't burn you completely so he's a guy you still want to play uh here on this spot then sure right he's only 6700 again another one of these point guards like that you have to have interest in here uh toronto 13 that i'm not like you know I don't, I don't try to target throwing out top point cards, but Dennis Schroeder leads the league in touches. I mean, he's so much usage for this team, chucks up so many shots. Uh, had a great game the other day. I think he had like 44 points last night. Uh, he, just read his game logs. I mean, he's just such a safe play at 6,700, 34.75, 34.25, 43, 31.5, 23, 21.25, 42, 39, 43. I mean, he's just such a safe Most touches in the league. Like, I love Schroeder here in this spot. He's someone that I'm interested in. Guys like Bazemore and uh, Prince, where they're in like the you know mid-5,000s. I think they're fine plays. They have upside from here and there. They can have uh, huge games. But this is not a familiar game. It's going crazy with Hawks. For me, it's being like Schroeder and Collins are the two guys I really like.
1: Yeah, I, I think for me, uh, you narrowed it down perfectly. We share a lot of the same thoughts. Uh, it's going to be Schroeder and Collins for me. Collins uh, could have had a much bigger night uh, last night, and it just didn't work out that way. But I think that he'll, he'll he'll bounce back here. It's a good spot against Toronto in their thin front court right now. They're trying to figure things out. Um, so, with you know, C.J. Miles is supposed to be out and Babbitt's still supposed to be out, if we put that together, um, does that give us some interest in maybe Norman Powell as a value play? Atlanta ranks 27th in the league of defending opposing shooting guards. And... Uh, powell is just kind of you know getting the minutes and working his way back up here this could be a good matchup for him to to solidify himself and he's still super dirt cheap across the board he's still just 3900 on DraftKings, and on FanDuel you get him for pretty cheap too i'm pretty sure he's under 4k over there uh yeah um 3800 over there as well so uh, any interest in norman powell as a value play
2: yeah, I mean, if Miles doesn't play, sure, I mean, it makes some sense, but not a guy I'm going crazy over. I also think it's ten games late, and there's better value plays already, so I don't think I need to be playing Powell. But uh, like again, I'd rather just play like McConnell for the same price tag at a different position, and I think it's a uh, think it's a, a play I'd rather just prefer. And I don't know if I'm really spending down at small forward like that today. Instead, uh, maybe maybe more so live in the mid tier on some of these other options. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, all right, anything else you want to mention here in this game?
2: Nope. On to the next one.
1: On to the next one on this Big Ten game slate here on Saturday. We have the New York Knicks in Houston against the Rockets. Uh, Knicks-Rockets game here. And this game will be played, like I said, in Houston. Over-under is 218.5. Houston, a huge, heavy-handed home favorite. 13 points is the spread in favor of Houston. Um, Travis, big over-under here. Kind of big spread to come with it. So there is some blowout potential uh, where are you targeting in uh, this game here?
2: Yeah, so, man, the Knicks are terrible, right? Like, they just lost to the Hawks by 13 points. Uh, definitely a really frustrating team all around. Uh, you know, Cantor sat yesterday, so we have some uncertainty there. Uh, Porzingis is the guy that's my favorite, right? Like, 8,600 is just way too cheap for him. Uh, no matter if Cantor plays or doesn't play, like, you got to have exposure to him, I feel like, on the slate. People will probably be scared to go back to the Kyle O'Quinnwell if Cantor sits, but I mean, he, he was in a great spot yesterday. I think this is another good spot you can you know, play him in for cheap. I don't hate him here. Definitely a guy you want to you know have some interest in. Uh, if Cantor does sit too, I mean, even if he doesn't sit, like Tim Hardaway Jr. right, he fits his game environment very well. Very up and down pace game. Uh, Not expecting tons of great defense uh, from a guy like James Harden, too. I mean, Hardaway Jr. should be in a pretty good spot here, but I do worry about the blowout. Definitely has me concerned when we're talking about the Knicks here. Even like Courtney Lee, I think you could sprinkle in throughout the lineups. But, uh, you know, Porzingis is probably the guy I really want to look for. But, again, I'm definitely worried about the blowout here because of what happened with the Hawks last night and how bad the Knicks are going against the best team in the Western Conference. I'd be concerned.
1: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting spot. Uh, I I definitely think that Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be my favorite play from this game. Uh, absolutely fits the game environment. Courtney Lee has just been smashing, man. He's been stepping up and, and doing such a good job at uh, at getting aggressive offensively, and that's something that we're not used to seeing from him. He's still relatively cheap, 4800 um on DraftKings. And on FanDuel, I believe that he is under 5K still. A little bit over 5300 but still cheap. And, um, you know, he gets a good matchup here against Houston because they do rank 19th in the league at defending, opposing uh, twos two and threes here. So uh, Courtney Lee might be a guy I'll have interested in tournaments, but Tim Hardaway Jr. is the guy that I really want to target on the next side of the ball. I'm not really too interested in Porzingis here. Uh, Houston's been containing the hell out of power forwards all season, actually best in the league at defending power forwards. So, uh, even with can if Cantor's out again, uh, I think I might go back to the well with Kyle O'Quinn, take another shot there. They did use Hernan Gomez a good amount, so that might be something uh to keep an eye on. If Hernan Gomez starts instead of O'Quinn, I'd probably just lean that direction, but um one or the other. You know, they're both they both get in foul trouble. That's the issue with them. They're good value, but they both get in foul trouble. I hope I hope that uh Hernan Gomez starts, because I would like to start him instead, but uh, it's going to come down to who starts for me and whoever the starter, you know, that gets named, whether it be O'Quinn or Hernan Gomez, that's the guy I want to try to get my lineup for value. Uh, any interest there, Travis?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's fine, but man, this is, this is a game I wish was not like, I just wish the Knicks were not on the slate here. It seems like a really frustrating tilting situation. And uh, you know, again, I think Porzingis is the guy just because of the, the price tag is cheap. And I, I get what you say with the matchup and whatnot, but. I think is one of those matchup proof type of guys, uh, you know, can easily expect for a massive game. And he's, again, he's another dude that sometimes right, occasionally gets in foul trouble. Maybe this like game is one that he could too, but I don't know. I'm just, I think that price tag is too too appealing for me not uh, to pass on here uh, in this spot.
1: Yeah. Chris Paul is a guy that I think I'll target on the Houston side. If I'm targeting anyone price is still down, lots of upside and gets a great matchup against the Knicks who ranked 22nd in the league at defending opposing point guards. So Chris Paul is the guy I want, even if he's sliding over the two a little bit. I don't mind that. Um, he's going to get a lot of work, and he's still underpriced. So Chris Paul, I don't remember the last time I saw him for 7,800 on DraftKings. So good spot to take advantage of it. Um, yeah, anyone else here in this game you want to mention before we move on to the next one?
2: Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul, I think he's fine too. Even like James Harden, if you have the money, I'm never going to be like, oh, don't pay for James Harden. But I don't know. I don't think I'll be going that route really paying for him. But if I if I do have the money, I, I like the idea of it. It's a high total. They should blow him out. I mean, James Harden should get a ton of points. So I think that makes some sense there uh, you know especially with a guy like Eric Gordon questionable and if he doesn't play like that's gonna give a nice boost to guys like Chris Paul and James Harden so uh kind of the wait on that news on Gordon to really kind of decide that also Ryan Anderson he's another guy that's currently questionable uh so if he doesn't play right that'll give boost to guys like uh Tuck or Trevor Ariza so so there's things to wait on here in this matchup and you know if if he doesn't play I think there's reasons to like those guys for cheap yeah absolutely uh, all
1: right, let's move on to the next game. We got Boston in Indiana. Close game here. Two oh seven is the over under. Two point spread. Boston two point road favorites. Pretty much a pick them here in this spot. So, um, you know, interesting spot here. I think that uh, there's a couple of guys here that we could target. The interesting thing for about Boston to me, this season has been how well they've uh, how well they've stuck together as a defensive unit. They're really Uh, Really putting up good defensive numbers here all across the board. Um, Jalen Brown is day-to-day, so we're not sure if he's going to play. Marcus Morris is definitely out for this game, so that's something to keep in mind too. Shane Larkin might be questionable, and um, that's where we're at here with the injury report for this Boston game. Jalen Brown Marcus Morris, if they both sit. um, Marcus Morris is sitting for sure, but if Jalen Brown sits too, um, we're going to have an interesting spot here, um, and there's going to be some usage to go around. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, And Aladipo is day to day as well. Uh, If Aladipo sits, that opens up a lot of usage because he's been an absolute usage monster for the Pacers this season. Uh, Travis, where are we looking in this game? I feel like there's injuries everywhere, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, injuries definitely monitor. And yeah, it's one of those days where it's like, uh, I just feel like every game it's like, yeah, you got to kind of to monitor this injury. So uh, be on the lookout for that and wait throughout the day. So yeah, we have to monitor, you know, Oladipo and uh, Jalen Brown. Uh, if Jalen Brown sits right, we're going to, you know, we already have Marcus Morris not playing. I mean, that's just going to give Kyrie a huge usage bump. He's a guy that you're going to want to like to have Marcus Morris too. He gets a nice usage bump. Another guy that'll, you know, slide in and, uh, you know, kind of play some more of the three guard, which obviously maybe give you um, No, No, Marcus
1: Morris is out, Travis. I just said that.
2: No, sorry, I meant Marcus Smart. My bad. Uh, oh, yeah. Marcus Smart, I meant, like, yeah. well, side in the three, not Marcus Morris. So, yeah, I mean, Marcus Smart, he gets, you want to get exposure to him then. Jason Tatum, he's been looked good recently. And I mean, Tatum is then going to be like, I get he's already playing a ton of minutes and whatnot, but it's just a great matchup. 27th against power forwards for the Pacers. And then uh, Horford, too, right? He gets the 2019 against center. So, like, Horford's got to have interest in I mean, most of these guys. If, if Jalen Brown sits, mostly Celtic Stars, I'm going to have interest in. And uh, I think it's a good spot to load up on them. Talking about the Pacer side of the ball, if Owen. <laughs> depot sits i mean that's just a a huge amount of usage you go around and uh the sample sample isn't the greatest uh because he he plays most of the minutes so we don't really have the greatest amount of sample size to figure out what would happen but uh i think darren collison is like a guy that's just going to see a huge bump become the primary ball handler you'll want to have interest in him on top of that a guy like miles turner averages a ton of fantasy points per minute is only 6300 on DraftKings, which is just Way too cheap for him, uh, so I think I'd get exposure to him here against the Celtics in a, a you know considered close game. Uh, I don't know. I uh, it feels like the, the Pacers, you know, if Oladipo doesn't play though, I'd be a little worried about the block factor, but, uh, Turner and Collison are my two favorite guys on the Pacers side of the ball. And then looking at the, uh, you know, Celtics, you know, if Jalen Brown sits, I mean, most of the starters are going to be in play. It's tough to decide, uh, which ones, but I definitely want to be getting exposure to them on my teams, just because this team man, no Gordon Hayward, no Marcus Morris, no Jalen Brown, possibly like they're just, uh, down the last couple guys where it's just, uh, they're gonna be getting tons and tons of runs.
1: Yeah, for sure. Horford's the guy I think I want on the Boston side of the ball. Uh, Pacers ranked 22nd in the league at overall rebounding. Even with Turner back, they're just not protecting the rim very well, giving up a ton of boards, playing at a hot, much higher pace than we're used to seeing, uh, you know, the Pacers play at. So this could be an interesting game here. I think this could be, a, you know, a bit of an up pace game, and I, I I'm just want to focus more on the front courts than anything else. So... Uh, if Jalen Brown's out, I will like Tatum. I think Tatum will get extra work because he could play that three and four spot there. Uh, I think Thaddeus is young, is also in play in this game. Uh, do like, like I said, I do like these front courts uh, a bit. So, um, so for me, it'll be like Tatum, Young, and Horford. It'll be the guys I'm really targeting heavy from this game. And if uh, Depot's out, man, um, opens up the door for a lot of things in the backcourt there for the Pacers with value. Uh, depending on where you know where things go, I think Len Stevenson could be coming. Excellent value play if Holo Depot's out. But uh, outside of that, yeah, it's just, it, you know, this is like really, really resting on um, on the news for tomorrow. You know, this is, it's majorly about the news tomorrow, this game, uh, this slate. So make sure you keep an eye on the news. If you haven't, download the Rotor Grinders DFS Alerts app or go to the DFS Alerts on the website. Um, but yeah, so I think this game is going to be mainly dictated by the injury news. Wouldn't you agree with that?
2: Yeah, uh, definitely going to impact my decisions on that. So be on the lookout for that. But I think we broke it down pretty well. All right, let's move on to the next game.
1: On the slate, we've got the New Orleans Pelicans and Golden State against the Warriors. Uh, Golden State here, the home favorites uh, with a 13-point spread, heavy favorites. But 229 is the over-under, big over-under here in this game. So huge game total, Golden State heavy favorites, as I mentioned. Travis, lots of fantasy goodness here. Uh, depending, though, I mean they they sat Durant and Draymond Green last night, and um, Curry went absolutely bananas. Uh, what's going to happen here, Travis? Again, it's another thing where we have to wait on news, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I think like you would think that, but like Draymond Green and Kevin Durant are probably playing. I'm not worried at all about that. Expecting them to play just seems like one of those mandatory rest games. They're at home, type of thing. They're able to do that, so i'm not worried about uh them not playing i think they'll play i expect you know 229 total uh this is definitely a game where you're gonna want to uh you know want to be loading up on a ton of guys from this the problem is is like where are you going to spend right uh, another reason why I don't think you're spending for guys like Damian Lillard, you know, like just doesn't make sense to be spending on him today, uh, because we have guys like Kevin Durant, you know, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, like these guys are all in really interesting spots. We got Rondo was a cheap point guard value play, uh, you know, guys like Drew Holiday. I mean, there's just, there's just tons of goodness around uh, at the guard position today. So I, I think it's going to be, you know, obviously spots you want to pay up to like Kevin Durant, 9,500 is just really cheap for him. Pelicans are, you know, uh, ranked like. I think 28th or 27th against uh, small forwards this year. I mean, I just don't know who's gonna be able to really cover Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin, you know, Anthony Davis can try to, but like, uh, you know, Kevin Durant is just too quick for him. Right. Uh, it definitely could cause him some problems. I get Anthony Davis is a fantastic player, but uh, I don't know. I think that could just cause some uh, fits for that, for him a little bit. Uh, so I don't know. Kevin Durant just seems like the guy, you know, with him sitting to uh, Stefan Clay did a lot of the heavy lifting today, too. It just feels like a really good Kevin Durant spot for his price tag at 9,500. I think Draymond Green will have a lot of defensive responsibilities against guys like cousins and Davis so uh, expect him to be more focused on the defensive end so wouldn't it be uh you know loading up on him but he's again one of those guys 7200 he can always go out for a massive game. Uh, just predicting those games is tough. And this isn't the spot where I feel like is the best one. I more so like to uh, target it where I think it's like the absolute smash spots. And this doesn't seem like one of those uh, for me. And I, I think just on the Warriors side of ball, I'm just going to keep it simple, right? I already talked about all these guards that I already like. I'm not really going to go crazy with Steph and Clay. It's just going to be like Kevin Durant is where I really want on the Golden State side of the ball and then the Pelicans. Uh, guys like Rondo who are still cheap and, uh, you know, Davis and uh, Boogie who have just been phenomenal this year. Yeah, well,
1: these guys did play this season already, and uh, all the Golden State guys put up smash numbers um, relatively. Like, Clay Thompson put up 45.5 DraftKings points in 36 minutes. Curry put up 45 DraftKings points in 35 minutes. Uh, Durant put up 50 DraftKings points in 35 minutes. So uh, all these guys really did well, um, except for Draymond Green, uh, you know, I mean, he did okay, uh, put up 30 DraftKings points in 34 minutes, averaged less than a fantasy point per minute, going against the same Boogie and um, Davis, you know, Boogie and Brow front court. So um, that was, you know, that those are definitely interesting numbers. Now, the X factor here is the fact that you know, the Pelicans have Rajon Rondo now playing a full allotment of minutes. So that's the interesting part. They didn't have that earlier in the season when they played. And uh, DeMarcus Cousins, man, put up 68 DraftKings points in his last game against Golden State this season in just 32 minutes. So uh, Boogie might be a guy that we want to target in tournaments because the upside is there. They didn't have the answer for him last time. Uh, and Brow put up 70 fantasy points in 40 minutes last time they faced Golden State. So both these guys, if they didn't have the answer for these guys last time out, I mean, I'm not sure if they're going to have the answer for them this time around. The question is, are you, you know, can you pay for both of them, or do you have to just pick one? And I think that's where it gets really difficult, right? This is like playing the Boogie or Brow game. So um, not really interested in anyone in the Pelicans' backcourt outside of Rondo just because he's still cheap. I think he makes a fine tournament play. And even in cash, I think he can pay off that cheap price tag. Uh, But for me, it's going to be Durant and Clay Thompson um, on the Golden State side. And on the Pelican side, it's probably going to be Boogie, Brow, and Rondo for me. But mostly Rondo, and then I have to decide between Boogie and Brow. Uh, Travis, how do you handle this situation here?
2: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. Uh, I think you kind of summed it up pretty well, and basically what I said was pretty similar. So I think that's the best way to approach it. Uh, and again, I didn't really mention Clayton, but I get it. Uh, I definitely can uh, make some threes here on this spot, and he's one of the cheaper Warriors, so I get it. But to me, it's like uh, KD. Uh, and again, I like, obviously, uh, like Rondo's price tag uh, throughout the industry, just too cheap in a spot against the Warriors. And then, uh, you know, pick between Boogie and, Boogie and Davis, and it's just a, uh, you know... It's, it's it's one of those things where it's like uh, I feel like you can never really pick wrong. Uh, you either pick like the cheaper guy or the, where the position scarcity is. That's kind of the way I approach it.
1: Yep, yep. All right, so let's move on from this game. We go to a game that has an over-under that is 31 points lower than this last game. Full 31 points. 199 is the over-under in this game. Oklahoma City Thunder in Dallas against the Mavericks. Thunder are the home favorite by seven points on the spread. Ugh, this just feels like such a down week game. I don't know how much fantasy goodness is here. Uh, Travis, how do you feel about this game?
2: Uh, Yeah, so I think it's a fine game. It's not one I, I love, right? But, uh, you know, it's it. I mean, West Russell West, Westbrook is like, you know, I feel like he's just kind of like making it his I don't know about making his team again, but he's like kind of just like uh, taking it back over uh, again, uh, may- maybe it was part of the, uh, you know, the, uh, Kevin Durant revenge or whatnot. And then, uh, you know, against uh, Reggie Jackson, who he's not a huge fan of, but, you know, obviously he had a big game against the Pelicans too, the other day. I mean, this he just, I feel like he's just kind of like taking control of the team again and making it his, so he can go off any night, but, uh, I just don't think West is going to fit my construction. Never going to argue that if he's a good or, uh, you know, bad play, he's always a guy that's in play uh, and especially now with what he's doing. He's a little priced up now again uh, at ten thousand nine hundred. He's the guy that I was kind of roster when he was below ten thousand, and now that he's not, uh, I just think there's other other players I'd rather play for. Uh, you know, I'd rather play Boogie Cousins for the same price tag as, as Westbrook. And there's just cheap value guards that I'm playing already. So I don't know. Westbrook's probably not going to make the cut for me. Uh, guys like Anthony and George, like we know, uh, Dallas struggles against three point lines. Like you know, uh, you know, Anthony's a guy that you can obviously play. Uh, just we're not scared of Dallas all around. Uh, so Anthony for sixteen hundred, maybe I'll go with him, but. And it kind of worries me a bit. I'm not really going crazy about all around. Uh, I think Dennis Smith Jr. for 5400 is just still too cheap for that price tag. So on the Dallas side, I like him. Uh, even Harrison Barnes, I think he's uh, you know not the greatest play, but he's shown some upside, and I feel like overlooked him throughout this year. So I don't hate him, but. Uh, again, this is not a game I'm really in love with. Uh and uh forgot to mention on the Thunder side of the ball, I don't think he's a terrible option, but like we know how bad the uh you know, we know how bad Dallas is against rebounding. Steven Adams is only fifty four hundred. Uh he can have good games. I uh, I think he's a guy that I might have some interest in. If he kinda could uh, fit fit a tournament to mine, I wouldn't hate it. But again, this is not a game I love. What about you, Josh?
1: Man, old man value is here and and, and alive, man. Dirk Nowitzki has been putting up solid performances uh, time after time again this season and just not getting any love or attention just because his minutes are, are you know, a bit lower dipping in the 20s now. But uh, but man, th- these price tags are just too cheap for him. 4400 on DraftKings and on FanDuel. You know, you're getting them at forty-eight hundred. Love me some old man Dirk Nowitzki value on the slate, Travis. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, man. I'm gonna take a time machine and and, and play some Dirk value here. What do you think about that?
2: I mean, I, you can't argue with the game log and the price. I
1: and the matchup, but... the matchup, man. Like Oklahoma, 24th in the league against opposing power forwards. They also rank 18th in the league at overall rebounding. Um, and they struggle mightily against big men that could shoot the mid-range jumper and could shoot the outside jumper. And Dirk Nowitzki just fits this matchup so perfectly.
2: Yeah, but he's not a power forward anymore. Like he's, he's a center. They're using him as a center. So I don't know. I'm not buying that as much. Uh, I do think there's uh, obviously reasons he could struggle against the, uh, you know, guys like Steven Adams uh, when I don't know. I just, I, I haven't been playing him. Uh, I get it. Like, uh if you've been playing him keep chasing it keep going with it like keep riding it out I get it but I, I'm not going to start jumping in I think on Dirk now maybe if I was making the team and he fit my last spot maybe but I don't know it doesn't seem like a good doesn't seem like a guy that I would uh I'm going to be playing today on this slate
1: all right man suit yourself missing out on the old man value but yeah there's there's certainly um some plays that we could look at other than uh, Dirk uh, for value, but for, uh, to be honest, I'm just not going to chase any of these guys. Uh, the other guys I'd be interested in just have super inflated price tags or have a pretty tough matchup. So I'm going to stay away from the guys with difficult matchups and inflated inflated price tags. since we'll have no shortage of uh, better options on a 10 game slate. So that's about it for 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 uh, me in this game. Anyone else you want to mention here, Travis? Now we can run the next one. All right, second to last game, we got the Milwaukee Bucks in Utah against the Jazz. 200 is the over under it's a pick 'em. them uh, Milwaukee one point road favorite uh, some news and notes on this game here uh, we've got uh, you know the Greek freak trying to figure out what's going on with him he uh, you know doesn't look a hundred percent so we'll see what goes on over there Henson is quenched. John Henson is questionable, Gary Payton is day to day, Dellovoe is day to day, Toledovich is out and Jabari Parker is still out until February. So, Milwaukee, you know, big big list there of uh injuries going on over there on their team and um and Utah, let's let's just quick take a quick run before we talk about them. Gobert still out, Joe Johnson still out and Dante Exum still out. So, uh Yeah. Travis, again, two teams with injuries. So, uh, so how do you target this one?
2: Oh yeah. Uh, more injuries, more injuries. So yeah. Giannis is kind of like the, uh, the frustrating part, like we do and don't know, like, I mean, I don't know. It sounds like he's maybe going to play this game, but I really don't know. Right. Like, I don't know where he could be uh, ruled out. And if he is, I mean, uh, don't be worried about this jazz team. They're not the same jazz team with Rudy Gobert out. Uh, I'm not scared about them on the defensive end. So if Giannis plays, I think you can play him, but I don't know if I'm going to pay that price tag for him. I feel like I would just stay away with him coming back from an injury, but if he doesn't play right, like we have to have interest in guys like Middleton have to have interest in guys like, uh, you know, uh, blood. So Brogdon, like they're just, uh, they're going to see massive games here and they're going to be really good value plays. So uh, I mean, I know they got priced up a little bit, but they're still in, int- in, in really good spots. So I think they're fine plays that you should, uh, you know, be getting exposure to if Giannis sits also with like John Henson, right? Like we don't know what's going to happen with him. If John Henson sits though, I mean, Thon maker, uh, he had 33 points last game against Phoenix. I would expect another, you know, uh, you know, tons of run for him there. He had 33 minutes. I would expect him to get, you know, a very similar amount. Uh, if Giannis plays, I get that could cut into him a little bit. Maybe if Giannis plays some center kind of, uh, helped out, but. I think that maker at 3900 would become an interesting play uh, again it's one of those things where you really have to wait on some injury news uh talking about the utah side of the ball we know that there's going to be no uh gobert you know obviously he's out for a while so we got Derek Favors 6100 i don't think he's a terrible play uh don't, don't love how the price has gone up and up he's starting to a point where i'm not you know uh, in love with rostering him, but i think for 6100 he's still a fine play uh guys like rodney hood uh, Donovan Mitchell—they're just putting up so many shots. I think they're guys that you, uh, you know, should definitely have interested. In. We know we want to attack, uh, you know, Milwaukee at the wings. So those are two other guys that I think, uh, you know, we can be getting exposure to. Uh, so again, it's one of those spots where I really need to wait on the, uh, you know, the Giannis news to really make a final decision on what I'm going to do with this game. But uh, it's it's kind of a—I uh, think it's easy, uh, easy to easy to kind of peg this game as once we have the Giannis news, and it's something that we have to wait on.
1: Yeah, John Henson's actually probable now, just digging a little deeper into it. So that kind of puts a hit in the value of Thon Maker either way, man. Uh, Thon Maker did have a great showing, so maybe he earned some extra run, Uh, putting up 16 points and 8 rebounds and 3 blocks before eventually fouling out in overtime. But yeah, Thon Maker was a guy that I really enjoyed getting to see play because the kid does have a lot of talent, just doesn't get the minutes. And with Henson back, it's probably going to hit... Hit his minutes either way, so I think this. I don't want to make any like you know any analysis here um, until we figure out what's going on with Giannis. Just because my decisions in this game are really going to hinge on the Greek Freak's availability. So make sure you give us a follow on Twitter so you can see where we end up going depending on that news. On the Utah side, I think you know again, you know the, the boards open up a lot when Giannis isn't on the court, so that would open up more rebounds for guys like Favors um, to pick up. I would like Favors a lot if if um Greek freaks out. Uh Milwaukee's struggling real hard this, this season at uh rebound. Twenty ninth overall in rebounding, so really struggling hard on the boards and uh you know if the glass is open for a guy like Favors, I think he could do a lot of damage, especially at his price tag, still pretty cheap. And he's been getting extra runs since Gobert's been out. So if I was gonna have any serious interest here, um it's gonna be in Derek Favors. And um if, if Giannis is out, then we could probably just go to guys like Bledsoe and uh Guys like uh Middleton maybe too will get a bump. But I just want to wait on that news. Um uh, I think that I think it really I think this game really hinges on news. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely uh definitely be pretty news driven. So uh just kinda of wait on that, but I think we did a good enough job of uh, you know, kind of breaking it down uh, you know, without having the news.
1: All right, let's move on to the last game of the night. We've got the Los Angeles Clippers in Sacramento against the Kings. Travis, I'm rubbing my eyes trying to figure out if I'm seeing things. Are, are the Clippers just four-point favorites over the Sacramento team?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, 205 team total for this Clippers-Kings game. They're only four-point favorites, but uh, I think there's reasons to be more encouraged. I thought this game would originally be like a really low total, maybe like a 195. But, uh, you know, King, Kings looked a lot better the other day against the Lakers. I get it's the Lakers, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't hate this uh, spot for some of these clippers guys like Lou Williams, uh, 6,600. He's going to be the point guard basically right now going forward until we get Milos, uh, back from injury. It's just him and Austin Rivers are guys that are just gonna be putting up a ton of shots and we have to have interest in and have upside here. So I don't mind getting exposure to those two guys. They're very interesting plays. Blake Griffin has been a really frustrating roster. He's eighty eight hundred. I get it, right? Uh last game against Atlanta, 58.5. You know, he had 53.52 against Charlotte, but then uh then it's 236.5 I mean, it's just like Seems like too wide of a range of outcomes. And uh, I don't know. I just really don't want to pay for him on this slate. Uh, It's just been a really, really frustrating spot all around with the Clippers. The one guy I think is really, really interesting in tournaments is DeAndre Jordan for 6,800. I mean, we know how bad the Kings are against bigs. And again, that's a reason I like Blake, right? The Kings are terrible against big men. He obviously has upside in this spot. So I'm going to consider Uh, Strongly, But like DeAndre Jordan, no one's going to own him. Everyone hates rostering him, and it's a spot against the Kings who just struggle against big men. So I think DeAndre Jordan's a really interesting low-owned tournament play that you can uh, target here in this spot. Also, Wesley Johnson, he's only 4K, and has uh, been doing really, really well. And uh, I don't think he's a terrible option as a value play as well if you want to get exposure to the Clippers that way with Dino Luganari out. He healed his back now for the uh, Kings, that's obviously gonna you know money up the waters a little bit for uh, this team. Uh, George Hill is a guy; he's only forty two hundred still, uh, and you know he struggled the, the game before that, only getting five point two five points against the Lakers, which is abysmal. But you know the game before that against Denver, he thirty point thirty four point two five. There is upside here from at forty two hundred. I think there's way better point guard value play. So. Probably end up staying away from him, but I don't think he's a terrible option. Same with a guy like De'Aaron Fox, Uh, 4,700. He's a guy that seems sort of safe, but, again, there's just way better value plays, so I'd rather pass. Uh, Don't love this king side of the ball. It's mainly the Clippers for me where I'm really trying to get my exposure uh, to this game.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, For me, it's just targeting the front court. Uh, Like Wesley Johnson is definitely a tournament play, a great tournament play. Has legitimate 10X upside on that price tag, so I really like him. Uh, Blake Griffin, I like him a lot, but DeAndre Jordan, like you said, we're going to get him at a much lower ownership than we should be able to get him at, and this is an excellent matchup against a, a very hobbled Sacramento front court. Uh, you know, Sacramento ranking 24th in the league defending opposing centers and dead last in the league at overall rebounding and dead last in the league at protecting the rim on second chance paint shots. So DeAndre Jordan is a guy that you know, gets those second chance paint shots uh, attempts a lot. And um, they do play that little Hack of Jordan game, and he'll probably get some extra free uh, free throw opportunities. Uh, if this game stays close, man, DeAndre Jordan's going to be uh, be putting up some pretty massive rebound numbers. So he's pretty much a walking double double in this matchup, and he's underpriced and underowned. So DeAndre Jordan's probably my favorite play. And then, uh, like I said, I like Blake Griffin too, and Wesley Johnson just for the upside in tournaments at that price tag. Uh, not going to chase too too deep into like the Lou Williams situation as prices come up. So I'm not really interested too much in the backcourt, more frontcourt interest there, but uh anyone else here you want to mention Travis?
2: Nah, I really think that's about it. Uh again, man, kind of a frustrating slate all around with all these injuries and whatnot. Not like uh not a million games that I love the target, but uh I think it's one of those days where we're going to be kind of uh, glued to the uh you know, glued to the TV, not TV, glued to the, uh, you know, computer all day and just kind of waiting on this news and really monitoring it. Yeah, for sure. All right. So with that, we covered all the games on the slate. We're going to move on to
1: the lock and load segment of this slate. The lock and load segment brought to you by the Rotor Grinders lineup builder. Uh, you go to lineup HQ too. If you click the lock on a player, it gives you 100% exposure. So Travis and I will be sharing which player we would want to get full exposure to on this slate. Uh, Travis, who's your lock and load play on the slate?
2: yeah so uh you know my lock and low play i mean if batum sits i'm gonna go with uh jeremy lamb like if batum sits just like load up on him he'll be in a great spot but like you know we obviously don't know if batum's sitting for sure uh so i'll give you also rage on rondo i mean just in this game environment the up and down pace of the game rondo's only 5100 the amount of minutes he's gonna see i mean this is just a spot you gotta love rondo and i'm I'm a big rondo homer Uh, i'm a celtics fan and i loved rondo and uh you know he was back there with boston so uh he's always got to special place in my heart uh, I know he hasn't been the uh, you know hasn't been the greatest the past couple of years but uh, that price tag is just too cheap and for the fancy upside he can have too so I'll give you I'll give you two I got you the Jeremy Lamb if Nick Batum doesn't play but if not I think Rondo no matter what is in a fantastic spot on this slate
1: yeah for sure I definitely agree with that uh, I'm gonna go with my boy Embiid with Ben Simmons out uh, and I'm gonna get to be there to see it in person so that's pretty awesome right but um, yeah, Embiid is supposed. He's just gonna go nuts, man. With the thirty-five percent usage rate and his one point seven fantasy points per minute, he's just gonna absolutely crush in this spot. And such a good matchup too. Um, so Embiid's my guy. He's my lock and low of the slate. As news breaks, I will uh, give updates on Twitter, and so will Travis. So go ahead, give us both a follow on Twitter at Real Joshua Giant to follow me. That's at Real Joshua Giant. Follow Travis at Travis and at Travis M A N G O N E. But there you go. We covered the slate. Gave you our locks and loads of the slate, um, Travis. Anything else you want to mention before we sign out here?
2: Uh, no. Yeah, that's about it. Just uh, you know, enjoy the slate, and uh, you know, be be ready for all the news because it'll be uh, there. Should be a lot tomorrow, I'm sure.
1: Yes. Follow the news. Follow the news. Follow the news. Get the DFS Alerts app from Rotor Grinders. Or follow the DFS alerts on the homepage. Speaking of the homepage and content, Travis, are you covering the grind down for uh, for today too as well?
2: Yeah, yep we'll be uh, we'll be covering up the grind down, so we'll uh, get that out as uh, as fast as possible. But uh, you know, with the big slate and all the uh, all the uh, news coming, who knows? Uh, just man, a lot to a lot to look at. Yeah, so make
1: sure you check the grind down out because Travis will be updating that. Um, you know working on that, so that's going to be definitely a good read. I'm looking forward to reading that myself. But with that, we will see you guys next weekend. The Weekend Grind Crew signing out. Josh Sure Giant for my co-host Travis Mangone. Peace.